everybody, and welcome back to the Frozen 4 podcast. Again, it's really a Frozen 3 podcast, and yes, it is hosted by me, Stack, today. Um, we have only one of our usual guests today. Josh is back with us, of course, as usual, the man himself. Also, we have a returning guest and our boy, Philo. Him and McCune came back a couple, came on a couple months back, and we're glad to have him back again, Philo. Why don't you start us off, tell us how you're doing and what you're looking forward to in these next couple of days with the trade deadline. Oh, where do I start? <laughs> yeah, it's Dude, first off, thanks for having me back. Of course. Always a blast. Always. Second, uh, you haven't really seen the deadline get wild yet. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Did he just say trade deadline as in like the NHL trade deadline, you know, the thing that passed on Monday, uh, March 21st? Yeah, no, this de- this episode was definitely supposed to be released before then, but it, that's on me. It got lost in the shuffle. Um, I was doing a lot of stuff and I neglected to notice that this was posted as a draft on our anchor page. So it never made it out to you guys to listen to before the trade deadline, but we did predict some trades correctly. There was a lot of trades we got wrong. But without further ado, this has waited long enough to get out to you guys, so let's get on with the show. And I don't think it will, like, to the degree that we're hoping it does. But I don't know. I, as a Sabres fan, I would be down to take on some awful contract just to get, like, a couple picks or something, or, like, a prospect. Um, But, yeah, um, we'll see where it goes. I... I don't know. I, I don't want to see I don't want to see anyone win at this point but the Florida Panthers. That's my pick. It would be nice to see. I want to see them win around unless it's against the Leafs because you know. Um, speaking of the Leafs, Josh, how are you doing? Speaking of the Leafs, what do you mean? Uh, no, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with Philo. I hope it's I hope it's a it's a good trade deadline, but I don't think it will be. I mean, not good in the sense of excitement and chaos. Like, I just want, like, one of those NBA-style trade deadlines where it's just, like, bonkers. Like, everyone goes everywhere. Like, Claude Giroux to the Florida Panthers, uh, Patrick Kane to the St. Louis Blues or some shit. Like, like, I just want the most random trades with the biggest names. I just, one time. I don't, I, I can't even, like, name, like, the wildest trade deadline. But I just... I don't know. I want all the chaos, but other than that, um, I'm doing pretty good. Just kind of working a lot and just really tired. I'm looking forward to a few days off coming up here. I've been working the last 10 days in a row, so it's been a lot. (laughs) Amen to that. Amen to that, man. You need a break. That's for sure. I get today off and then I work tomorrow and then I get like four days off. So not bad. Be a nice couple of days. Hopefully the weather's nice enough for you. The weather's great outside. Um, For me, my mood has improved so much since the weather changed. I work outside pretty much all day, every day, and below freezing it was for about a month or two. And God, that was was brutal every day. Burnt out a little bit, but we're back, and I'm feeling good. And a lot of these teams are feeling good, but there's a certain player on the Sabres whose neck wasn't feeling too good after, well, not Jack Eichel, but um, (laughs) another certain Sabres player's neck wasn't feeling too good after the Heritage Classic, 
which we previewed last week, went exactly how I said it would. I don't want to brag, but I said the Sabres would win purely because, one, they've never won an outdoor game, and two, it's Toronto, Mrazic's in net. We know the Leafs, they play down to their competition, but somehow still play up to their competition, too. Um, all that to say, Austin Matthews was suspended two games for his cross-check on Rasmus Dahlin near the end of the Heritage Classic game in the Hammer, Ontario. Now, I've said it since. I've said it to a bunch of my friends. I don't think two games is, well, I don't think two games is accurate or consistent with how they've punished cross-checks to the face and neck area in this league so far. All the other lawns, the last, I think it's 22 or 24, have all been 5K fines. A player hasn't been suspended for a cross-check to the face since I believe last year or the year before. Could be wrong. But either all that to say, consistently, it's usually a 5K fine. Um, Granted, I think he probably should have been suspended, but for a game, I think two is a bit excessive and he thought so too he had some comments in the presser last night because he's slated to come back today from his two-game suspension um i wanted to see what you guys thought about the play about the suspension about the department of player safety's ruling um what do you guys think about it all um i mean i get where you're coming from don't get me wrong because He's not a repeat offender. It's not like Matthews is out there pulling Marchand. Like, he's got eight suspensions. He's slew-footing dudes. He's slashing dudes. He's cross-checking dudes. He's punching dudes after the whistle. But at the same time, the way the game was going, kind of figured something like this was going to happen, whether it be either team. Like, the way the game was going, like. It was chippy, that's for sure. Yeah. Like awful ice conditions, like the pucks everywhere. There's like hits left and right, pushing and shoving, whatever. But I mean, I got two points for your stack. Number one, I'm not categorizing you with Leafs Nation because you're like not insane. But um, I like to think I'm not, but you know. Imagine if the tables were turned. Oh, yeah, I'd be pissed. Imagine if Darlene – I'm saying not you. If, if Darlene if cross-checked Matthews in the face, bro. Right. All of, all of Ontario is going, God, put him, on, put him on death row. And from the game, no room for this. That's a star player. We need him for the playoffs. Bullshit. Yeah. The tables are turned. It's not going that way. It's even the way it went. Mm-hmm. Twitter, I see Twitter reactions and shit. Darlene's soft. Matthews mm-hmm. is playing with an edge. He's how is he soft if he just ate a cross check to the face? Yeah, and he turned around and he was ready to give it back to him, but then Anderson like kind of Anderson went full dad mode. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, boys, calm down. Before Anderson stepped in, but then mm-hmm. Anderson broke up. But see, like the other thing, like the thing is, is like how you were saying, if the tables were turned, like people saying, oh, it's a superstar of the game. I mean, 
Darlene's not a superstar right now, but at one point he was a superstar prospect and he still has the potential to be a superstar NHL defenseman. So yeah, it's, it's the same. It's like, if it was, if it was Robert Hag or Rasmus Ristolainen or somebody like that, it would have been a little different, but like, not to say that those guys deserve a cross check to the head, but like, I mean, that is like one of the Sabres best prospects right there, you know, like it's, it's the same thing, you know, in a way. Yeah, and, and I agree. My only saving grace is, like you said at the beginning, Matthews is not a repeat offender. He was up for the Lady Bing last year. I mean, it's pretty clear this isn't always a part of his game. I mean, he's this year especially, he's been playing with a little more edge. He's been physical. He's laying hits. He's coming back in the D zone. He's he's getting in the corners more than he, more than I've seen him do last couple of years and I think he just got tired of you know he's I think he's is it 20 uh, penalty calls behind McDavid like he's yeah something like that I saw that like middle of the entire league like lower half of the league and penalties calls called against a player and I think he probably got sick of yeah it was it, that game kind of felt like a playoff game. Like it was a little, it was chippy. Like they weren't calling a lot, but they're not calling anything on him all season. Like, and how that play started, Darlene, you know, kind of Philo, you remember, cause we played all the defensemen always did that. They cross-checked right in the lower back between the back play and, and your pant where there's no padding. Your lower back, bro. <laughs> They go back and forth, whatever. And then as soon as Matthews does that, then the fl- then the arm goes up. There's about three things they could have called on both of them before that. And this, it just goes back to a ref problem before. I mean, if they, if he puts his arm up and stops play anytime before that cross check, it doesn't happen. Well, I think another I thing there is like we were. Because they were both not, you know. Not that Darlene deserved to get cross-checked, but they were both doing things that could have been a penalty before the cross-check. Well, another thing is, like we said, it was a very chippy game. So, like, the refs were kind of, like, letting things go a little bit. Just because, like, I mean, it's two rivals. Even though the Sabres have been bad, there's still a rivalry there. There's still that we got to beat the Leafs. We got to beat the Sabres kind of vibe. And I think that's probably why it got to the way it did. It's like, okay, like, it's been a physical game. Let's let it go a little bit, see what happens, kind of sort of thing. Um, but I don't know. I one other thing I noticed from that game, if real quick, the the Leafs were like not enjoying it. It seemed like the Sabers were, you know, chatting up on the bench. They had those awesome Flint Tropics jerseys before the game, but the Leafs, like the guys in the TNT broadcast, they were like, "Yeah, the Sabers bench is loud. They're having fun, and the Leafs bench is real quiet, and they're just kind of gripping their sticks a little too tight." And I think that they didn't take it for what it was and just enjoyed the the moment you know i think it goes back to pressure dude right i think yeah. so too. Like, i think they're like we can't we're not going to get embarrassed again in front of in, in, in on national tv against a team who's out of the playoffs where they're they're probably psyching themselves out mm-hmm. i right. think we can't think lose this game on top of that it's pressure because they know who they have to play in front of. 
Like they know the last, I mean, it was clear to them the past month that they got to play very tight defense or else Morasic's going to let fucking a goal in from the goal line like he did anyway. Or three recalls. Yeah. Like, or a, um, like that, that Brody kick goal that went in was unfortunate and that would have probably gone in on most other goalies but if if you look at the play Mrazic's left skate it, the pass came from the left hand side if you're in the goal his left skate was outside of the net like he couldn't even push across to come back into the center of the net where the puck ends up going in if he would have just been sitting like hugging the post like standing he probably catches that or blocks that or something Right. That's Stack. a free goal. I mean, that goes in on most goalies, but he's so far out of his net, he didn't even have a chance to stop it. Stack, I was going to say, could, could we hit on non-calls and how brutal they have been in the last couple of days for a second? Oh, absolutely. You you take it there. Like Zach Hyman on a breakaway getting, oh. like, clearly impeded by OV. Yeah. And then the Matthews. And the, the, like, like, inconsistent at this point it's not even funny where he's like he he's coming back grabs him for three seconds at full speed skates by him boom game's over yeah you can even go back to the eichel game in buffalo where keegan colasar just lays three other punches into casey fitzgerald after he's already on the ice I mean, my God, I was irate. I, I love fights and all, but that's not how you fight in the NHL. Like, that's not, I mean, obviously, I don't know how to fight in the NHL, but that's not how you do it. <laughs> Goes back to the code, dude. Exactly. That's <laughs> like the code. <laughs> he's on the ground, bro. He's on the ground, reps on top of him. He's just pounding his skull. We're like, okay, like, what's Fitzgerald supposed to do? No misconduct, no extra. I mean, he got an extra two, but it was for instigating. It's not for. For unsportsmanlike, for whacking the shit out of him while he's defenseless, right? Yeah. I don't know. They they got to do something with the referees. I mean, nobody's perfect, but this is far from acceptable. I think. West yeah, West West McCauley. They just need to like. I don't know if he has kids, but they need to make sure his kids become NHL refs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm torn on West McCauley. He's a great I, character, and he's got. Decent call. He's sick personality, bro. He's fun. I like him, but the most marketable thing about your sport shouldn't be a referee. Like, <laughs> like you. That's the other thing about the NHL, and I I know I say it every week because it, it's true and it happens every week. But I'm gonna reference the Steve Dangle podcast again because they did talk about this, and I listen to them all the time. Oh shit! I lost my train of thought. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. No, I found it. You don't know the names of referees in other fucking leagues. Why do they need to announce the referees before the game? Like, oh, this referee is Danny Jones. And, you know, like, who <laughs> cares? They're giving the refs way too much credence. No, they, they like, do that. In, they do that in the NFL, don't they? Yeah, I, I think I think they, it might just I mean, be big games, though. That's true. Yeah, like, well, Ed, How can you not announce Ed Hockley, bro? Come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the NFL. NFL games, it's different because there's 50, I mean, there's 35 dudes on the field at one time. Like, there's a little more they got to control there. Like, but that, that, the refs in our favorite league, 
have zero accountability. They don't got to answer to the media like the referees in the NBA do. Like our league puts them on such a pedestal and they do a shitty job anyways. Like that Matthew, that the game with the Matthews and Chikrin hold was a perfect game. No penalties called on either team. That should never fucking happen. That is bullshit. I've never played a hockey game in my life that there's no penalties. Zero penalties, yeah. Yeah. Like, Did you see the Kadri shit with that? Yeah. Like, apparently there's, like, some sort of referee calling card, like, oh, I refed five perfect games in my career. Like, it's something they, like, hold themselves to, like, a standard. It's, it, that's so stupid. And on top of that, Carolina or um, Arizona's the fourth most penalized team in the league against a super fast team like Toronto. You're telling me they took no hooks, no, no, no holds, nothing against them. That's bullshit. Yeah. And this league has no accountability. I I, I agree with what you're saying. I, the only way I go let them play dudes in the playoffs. And what I was saying with Kadri is where he's like, he got tossed for saying something to the ref. And they're like, hey, what happened? He's like, I think I hurt his feelings. Yeah, that was that was funny with um, Landis Cog. Yeah. I'm surprised. it didn't. Did it come out that he got fined for those comments or no? No, I don't think he did. Yeah. Which he shouldn't. Yeah. But either way, moving on. So Matthews got suspended two games for that cross check. Leafs rookie Eric Schalgren won the two games that Matthews was suspended against Dallas in his first start and Carolina two nights ago in his second start. He shuts out um, Dallas and he only lets in two goals. And the one was with four seconds left against Carolina, 70 saves on 72 shots. Kid looks pretty good so far. I don't know if you guys got to catch any of the highlights, but um, and you Eric guys Shaw legend, Shawgren, yeah. I I actually bet on I bet on the uh, the Stars Leafs game, and the Leafs actually won me money for once. That's that's nice. They usually yeah. never do. <laughs> he, he looked he, <laughs> that, that can't relate, but no. Well, no, I I started the last like two weeks just overs on the Leaf games, and they always were hitting. Like, yeah. It's only it's always like six and a half, and then Mrazek lets in five on, on his own. Like, the only safe bet, bro. Yeah, the <laughs> Leafs are a lock for three goals every game, like except for against the Sabers outside. But it's another story. Um, yeah, <laughs> Shankar looks pretty good. Apparently, I didn't know this till uh, the Carolina game a couple nights ago. He won uh, the championship in the SHL last year. He took in for former league legend Victor Faust in the SHL. Oilers legend. Uh, Vaqua. It's the V-A-X-J-O team. Vax, it said like it looks like Vax Joe, but it's it's Swedish, so it's not Vax Joe. But they were they made the playoffs and Faust got hurt in like the first round and Shalgren came in and took them all the way to the championship and they won. So did the Leafs draft him, or how did they get? How did they get yeah, him? I think they drafted him last draft, or they signed him out of the SHL last year. Something along that line. It was last year, or the year before, though. He was he was drafted by the Arizona Coyotes 
Yes, that's right. He in was 2015. In him, nice. And then the Leafs signed him. Yeah, he was another. He was terminated by the Arizona Coyotes in 2019. Like his contract was terminated, and the Leafs signed him on May 19th, 2021. Sweet. Finally, a goalie with a little uh, championship pedigree. <laughs> that's nice. But moving on. Speaking of championship pedigree, Ovechkin finally gets into third place all time in goals. He's only behind Gordie Howe and Wayne Gretzky now. Gretzky obviously holds the record with 894 goals. Gordie Howe has 801, I think. And Gretzky or Ovechkin has 767 or 8 now, I think. So he's catching up. He's catching up. Do you guys think he's going to break Gretzky's, Gretzky's record by the time he's done or no? Yes, 100%. I hope he does. I'm going to be pissed if he doesn't. Yeah. He's going to he's gonna do like a Tom Brady where he just kind of keeps keeps coming back, keeps coming back. and just... to Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to retire for a month after like, like they're going to win the cup and he's going to be like, yeah, I, I broke the record. And he's going to get too drunk to realize he didn't break the record and he's going to come back. A month later, be like, shit, guys, I'm not retiring. I got to come back for one more year. <laughs> He's going to stay home. He's going to stay home with little Obi for two weeks. I go, fuck this. <laughs> It'll be like that. Uh, what's that Geico commercial they have with him and Backstrom? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's old, dude. I, I know, but it's such a funny commercial. Like, I, I know. I'm just saying I don't even remember it, but I remember them being on one. Yeah. Well, no, it was it, – I thought it was – I thought it was a newer one where, like, him and Backstrom are like living together and his wife's like the third wheel or something yeah. like that. I didn't know that was that old. I thought that was a re- more recent commercial. Yeah, I thought that was recent I too. I don't Maybe know. I'm tripping. You guys are probably right. Whatever. He's been <laughs> a bunch of commercials though. Like even going back to when NHL was on ESPN the first round. Yep. It, 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 was, it was him and Kolzig, wasn't it? The, or maybe not Kolzig. Um, another Russian goalie. Varlamov? It was no, it was Varlamov because it was another Capitals goalie, and oh, they yeah, Varlamov started on the Caps. Yeah, and like Ovi was coming down from the ceiling, and Varlamov was the one ro- lowering him. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Russians inside ESPN, right? Yep. Yeah, that commercial was. Great. <laughs> oh, I remember this. Yeah, he's like moving the ceiling tiles, and they're yep. all like rogue. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. I was sick. No, that one's funny. Interesting commercial yeah, uh, nowadays. Speaking of Tampa and, and Florida teams, unfortunate news for this Florida team who just picked up another defenseman we'll talk about later. One of their, if not their biggest name defenseman, Aaron Ekblad of the Florida Panthers got injured Friday night. Weird collision along the boards. Couple players fall into him. He falls weird on his leg. And uh, Florida Panthers coach Andrew Brunette seemed not to like the word from the athletic trainers on his condition during the game. We're going to find out probably after this show comes out just the extent of Ekblad's injuries. But do you guys think up this, think this is going to set up some cap shenanigans for the Florida Panthers coming up? Or what do you think they do with this situation? Aaron Ekblad is their Kucherov hundred percent. I mean, he might, depending on his, his injury, he might not be back for playoffs, but he will definitely be like, their saving grace when it comes to being under the cap like this might make it 
where they don't need a third broker team to get a Claude Giroux deal done. Right. Because um, I think, I mean, Ackblad's got what, like seven mil on the cap right now? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Something. Uh, 7.5 for the next four years. That's a nice deal. Yeah, that's yeah, a really is. good deal, actually. It's but not even no. a lot for him either. Yeah, so, I mean, if he comes off on LTIR, Giroux's deal is like 8.7, so or 8.4 or something like that. So you have to just kind of get Philly to retain a few million, and there you go. Yeah. I'd be fortunate as that is and how he gets bit by the injury bug every year. I think it works out for Florida. It will, yeah. Is as shitty as that sounds. Yeah. No. Out for Florida because this gives them a little bit of cash to go get some other big name that can just propel them into the, you know, conference finals, finals if fingers crossed. Finals. I, and I wonder if, if, if it's all to it. I wonder like I bet you if you ask him too and you say like, look, you know, like obviously you don't want to be injured, but it given the situation this allows your team to go acquire assets, you know? Right. And I'm sure he's on board with that kind of idea to go get guys to win now and go from there. You know, he still gets a ring if he's injured. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say the same thing if you didn't. So <laughs> yeah. you will still get a ring. But speaking of injured people, Thomas Shabbat also got injured the other night as well. And the Senator season hasn't gone much to plan and it continues to really just fall off a cliff with this. Um, there's no need to play him anyways. They really sucked. Um, however, I do have a bet with my good buddy that the senators would finish ahead of the Sabres in standings. I bet 20 bucks on it and uh, it's not looking too good right now. After that. <laughs> I want to know, I want to say another thing on the senators injury front. This is from, I think like a week or two ago now, but um drake batherson it was drake batherson the one that aaron dell injured right yep love yeah them. yeah he came he came back and they asked him like you know like what what was your kind of reaction and he's like well i don't know i mean dell never talked to me after it so kind of okay. makes really? me see how he, yeah i guess dell never talked the to fuck. him so sure. yeah. yeah that fucked me in fantasy too because batherson was on a like a Sick. fucking ward path yeah, I mean he's going to the All Star game, but it's just yeah. like it just further proves the point of like Aaron Dell should not be on this in this organization. He shouldn't be in the NHL. He's just not kind of gutless. Yeah, yeah. It's like to not even reach out to the guy and be like, "Hey, man, like my bad," or "Hey, like how you doing?" or something like that. Like, I don't know. Could have gone way worse. Hmm? Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. It could have been way worse. Yeah. I'm surprised it wasn't way worse. The way is the way is leg bent. Yeah. First on the board, it's going 80. Christ. That, that was brutal. Rockstar shit from Bell. Bell didn't reach out because normally, like, you know, it's pretty standard. You reach out to a guy after right. that. Like, at least you, you know, sometimes you hear about it, I guess. Sometimes you don't. And, it's weird to hear about it, and there wasn't that reach out at this rate. But another another tough skate for the Sens. But speaking of tough skates, Claude Giroux had a tough last lap 
maybe in Philly, giving a final salute to the Philly crowd as he plays his a thousand a thousandth game ahead of the trade deadline. Uh, he was visibly emotional when he was saluting the Philly crowd. And uh, I've seen a lot of tweets in relation to this. A lot of people saying that, you know, Claude Giroux leaving is really the end of an area era for Philly hockey. And uh, I didn't think about it at the time, but it's pretty true. I mean, all those years, you know, Giroux going against Crosby in the playoffs and, you know, always, it was, it felt like every year for like, six or seven years Claude Giroux had a highlight real goal like one like insane goal every year like absolutely just dismantling defenses or something Claude Giroux was a Sabres killer he would always score like two yeah. or three goals on the Sabres every time we played he, them he reminds me like Daniel Alfredson yep yeah he'd he was score every game against the Sabres mm-hmm. I remember that 2011 playoff series that was like when Giroux was like starting to like get up like and get good and that Philly team was really good that year. Really, oh, we don't we don't speak about that name. I hate that man so much. Yeah, Billy Leno is always my first Gordel guess. You guys, Josh plays <laughs> You know what Gordle is? No, Wordle is. It's Wordle, but it's for five named hockey, five letter named hockey players. Oh, I would spank you guys. Oh, it's actually pretty hard. <laughs> I'll send you the link. It's so fun. All right, but Lino Lino is always my first guess, just because it's got so many fucking vowels. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know what they. Uh, what are they gonna do? Like for like guys named Smith. There's so many people named Smith. Like yeah, a lot of Smiths. So Jesus are they just gonna Smith, like reuse Smith, Mike Smith, like CJ Smith, CJ Smith, CJ Smith. I remember CJ Smith because um, William Nylander dangled the shit out of him and threw a cross-ice pass to Matthews for his 38th goal in his rookie year because I was there. Every yeah, I was time, at that game, too. Every oh, time that C.J. Smith comes up, I feel that, like you bring that up. that the one that Kadri scummed Ristolainen? No, that was the next year. I was at both those games. Oh. Some, there was, like, four – it was, like – this fucking family next to me, this chick was from, like, Brock U or something. She's like, yeah, we're going to spank you guys tonight. I'm like, all right. Like, I don't want to fucking hear about it. First period, I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Robin that, Leonard's, like, like, on his third in. fucking smeared off ice. Like, it was just not good. <laughs> oh, first smeared off ice. Starting off with a smeared off ice has never ended great. Nothing has ever ended well after starting off with a smear off ice. But speaking of ice, can't say the thing. <laughs> we got a couple trades to announce. None that have happened on the show because knowing our luck, there's probably going to be one as soon as we're done. It's like a podcast curse. Every podcast has this problem, at least relating to hockey. Um, where trades happen right after the show ends, we've got a few that have happened in the last couple of days gonna roll through them you guys let me know which one you think is the best for the team that receives you know the player or which return is the best for the seller so we're gonna go in chronological order from the trade that has happened least recently to most recently there was a big one yesterday with a pretty sizable return but that one was certainly interesting 
We're going to start off with Josh Manson going from Anaheim to Colorado for prospect defenseman Drew Hellison and a 2023 second of Colorado's back to Anaheim. What do you guys think of that one? Perfect deal for I, both teams, I think. Yeah. I didn't realize Hellison was such a stud, but he is. Yeah. So I didn't either. It works out. It was Hellison. And then, then he, yeah. I realized he played on the World Junior team, and they were sick. So He's at what, BU? Yeah, BU. I think so. He's got, well, like, I think I looked it up. He's got, like, 25 points in 32 games or something like that. That's hard as fuck. I actually, I, I was watching, I was watching one of the Beanpot games one night and I saw him on BU and he actually looked, he looked pretty good. He can move the puck well. So hmm. probably a pretty good, pretty he's probably going to light it up in a couple years with Colorado or with Anaheim yeah. knowing their luck. Sounds like, yeah, I was just going to say, it sounds like a defenseman that Anaheim likes. They like their fleet of foot D-men. Right. Who can play a power play too. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of guys that probably needed a change of scenery, uh, Tyson Yost goes from Colorado to Minnesota and going back from Minnesota to Colorado is Nico Sturm. Now this one kind of seems like just shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. Um, neither of these teams are the Titanic, but um, cause they're not going to sink at least hopefully not early. Um, maybe not Minnesota. Maybe, yeah. Maybe not Minnesota. I don't know, but what do you guys think of this trade? It, it certainly seems like both of these guys kind of needed a change of scenery. To me, it's just a cap move for Colorado. I mean, Sturm makes a significantly Sturm makes significantly less than Yost. So I think that was part of their whole, like, all right, we're going to go in for Giroux here. Um, so I think that's kind of where it was from a Colorado standpoint. And Minnesota was just like, screw it. We'll take a chance on this guy and see what happens you know what i mean mm-hmm. kind of a head scratching to me not gonna lie because stern plays on the fourth line i don't know yost i thought was a lot better but he's having a really shitty year mm-hmm. um i don't know how yost mixes in with them but Sturm kind of did everything in minnesota i'm pretty sure he's playing penalty kill as well as like probably their fastest guy um hmm. i don't know i guess Sturm gives Colorado depth, but like you said, stack shifting dexters on the Titanic. Like I didn't really get this one a lot. Yeah. I mean, only thing I can get from this is like Josh said, is Colorado gets a little more money from this. But I mean, that lineup's so good. Where do you fit in Sturm now? Because he's I don't think he was as good as Yost, like you said. No. Where does this dude fit in? Especially if, I mean, he'll fit in since Landis Cog's gone, but once they get, if they get Giroux or if they get Debrinket or Kane, who are reportedly supposedly available, who, where does he, where does this dude fit in? He's not, it doesn't seem like he fits with this team. But if you want to get strange fit, um, we've got Frank Vetrano to the Rangers for a 2022 fourth going back to Florida. Now this one was kind of funny because we got a selfie with Jacob Truba and Frank Vetrano from when they were in high school on Twitter that circulated. That was pretty nice, pretty neat. But um, besides that, I mean, Rangers had a good bit of depth. It didn't seem like he was getting a ton of playing time in Florida and they've got guys who can step in. 
And they're probably going to get Giroux. That saves that uh, saves them two and a half mil on the cap. So yeah. So that's pretty much all that move was too, in my opinion. But like you said, it, just, it adds it adds a guy for New York to have <clears throat> having the having the deck. I guess Vitrano can kind of replace um who's that guy they lost or Sammy Blay. Yeah. Where like they have like kind of like bottom six going. He's kind of like one of those players you plug in with the right guy and he's all right. Um mm-hmm. I don't see him like lighting it up, but like I don't know, it's a move that like New York improves a little bit, I guess. Yeah. And you got a nice New York Italian in New York. Oh, I'm just surprised that uh, that fourth round pick got moved because you know that's that's like an untouchable piece right there. That's hard. That's hard to yeah. come by. Almost <laughs> as hard as future considerations. <laughs> That's that's what the Leafs got. Uh, that's what the Leafs gave up for Carter Hutton a couple weeks ago. Uh, that's why they suck all of a sudden. You you have you yeah. have a bad goalie just in There's the organization. Oh, not he's not even playing. It's just the aura of having a bad goalie in the organization is just making them worse. Well, speaking of bad players, uh, Ben Sherratt, uh goes to Florida from Montreal for Tyler Simlinick or Smilinick. Um, a 2023 first round pick, a 2022 second round pick in return. So a first, a second, and a decent prospect for Ben Sherratt. Good Lord in heaven. Um, what do you guys think of this one? <laughs> I think him and Brad Kogudis are going to beat the shit out of everybody. Yeah, that's going to be. plates so dirty. Dude, I hate Gudis so much. Like, I hated him when so he was in I. Philly. I hate him when he's in Florida. Like, Tampa too. Oh yeah, he was in Tampa. I forgot about that. Yeah, he's just he's just like that. Like I'm not really good at hockey, so I'm just gonna beat the shit out of you, kind of guy. So right. I'm not saying he's not good. At, okay, he's good at hockey, but how many times do you see Radko Gudis score or get an assist or something like that? You know, he's yeah. he's Roman Polak extra. Roman Polak's not a scumbag though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, true. I mean, in his career. Yeah that though he he didn't provide anything but off the glass and out of the out of the defensive zone and hitting dudes inside the line like that was about it in almost 600 games he has 143 points i mean sure he's a defenseman but like that's way more than i thought you were gonna say yeah yeah i see yeah that was really like career high for 40 points what 19 his career high something like that 19 point 23 points um 19 yeah in in 2013-2014. With Tampa? Yep. His his best year in Philly was 17 points. Uh his best year in uh, he was he was on Washington for a year. Oh, that's right. He he had 15 points with the Capitals in 2019-2020. And then he's been on the Panthers for the past two years. And he's gotten a total of a whopping 23 points in Let's see if I can do math. Uh, 114 games. Nice. Jeez. Stay hot, Gudis. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hate Ben Sherratt, not because he beat the Leafs last year, just because he he plays like Gudis. They play exactly the same way. And his underlying numbers are all just brutal. But – 
come playoff time when they put the whistles away, this is exactly the type of player that's going to beat up on star players from either Toronto or Washington, whoever Florida ends up playing in round one or Boston. One of those teams is just going to have their players beat to shit by those two fuckers. So. Seems like he just loves cross-checking dudes after the oh. whistle around the net. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, like I thought that was just me, and then you said it. I was like, yeah. But moving on, we're going to move out west a little bit again. Kelly Yarncroak, noted member of the inaugural team of the Seattle Kraken, was traded to Calgary for a 2022 second-round pick a 2023 third round pick and a 2024 seventh round pick to Calgary. So Kelly Yarncroke uh, added some forward depth to Calgary. He's pretty decent. Again, two way uh, bottom to middle six player. Just didn't help him last night against the Sabres. Yeah. Oh, he got fucking robbed. (laughs) Like everyone did except for Tage Thompson off of a horrible goalie misplay. What's that he going to get robbed by the post? Like, yeah. <laughs> he almost couldn't, he almost yeah, couldn't like control it. I know. I was getting scared. Move. <laughs> yeah, he's so late. He almost could have just swept it right by. But yeah. Yeah. No, but Carly, I mean, Calgary's made a couple of pretty nice moves to solidify their forward depth. I mean, they got to Foley a couple weeks ago. Now they got Yarn Croak. I mean, how they might add someone else to at the deadline. I think they're probably still looking. They're probably sharking around somewhere, but yeah, this this might like, be an interesting uh, interesting deal. It's a guy who is good depth for the playoffs. Calgary's one of those teams that, like, I feel like for the last few years, like they just don't have other than like Gaudreau and like Monahan, really not even anymore. Kachuk and like Majapani just scores goals. Other than that, like, they they just don't have, like, a bottom six. Mm-hmm. Like, Dubé will score every now and again. And, like, who else? They obviously not Lucic. Uh, who, who else is even in their bottom six? Like, I feel like it accounts for, like, maybe 20 goals between all of them. Lucic? Uh, Brett Ritchie. Like, Brett, yeah, like, like Michael Backwood is okay. Trevor yeah. Lewis. Like, Blake, Blake dudes like that. Like, yeah, they get, like, seven goals. Yeah, Brad Richardson. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. I always liked Yon Kroc on Nashville, but I don't think he gives them like a fucking huge punch. You know. Yeah, I agree. And uh, moving further down, we've got this one that happened yesterday that uh, shocked a lot of people, myself and and Josh and Philo included. Uh, Brandon Hagel, a 2022 fourth and a 2024 fourth round pick, went from Chicago to Tampa Bay for a 2023 first, a 2024 first round pick, Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish going back to the Blackhawks. I have nothing to say on this trade except for I hate Jason Botterill with all of my being for not giving Brandon Hagel an ELC when he deserved one he was fully deserving of that entry-level contract he even said when he got to chicago i'm just here to prove buffalo wrong and i never want to go back there like he actually said that in a 
like a press conference. Not like that's he he's pissed and he's showing it with by scoring. I don't know how many goals he has right now, but he had a hat trick the other night. So it's just BRB, it's got to puke after hearing this one. <laughs> yeah. It's just uh, it's rough. I'm I'm just like he's he's going to fit in really good with a guy like Ross Colton. I think that's literally what they see in him. Um, he signed for three more years at 1.5. So like you get a great value guy there. I mean, he's, this guy was drafted in the sixth round. Like, right. come on. <laughs> he had 59 the, points uh, in 56 games against the, uh, with the Red Deer Rebels in 2017-18. And that was the last year the Sabres had to, like, could sign him, and they didn't. Who's all the good they have? Oh, um, Joseph. Oh, yeah. Matthew Joseph's pretty good, too. That's probably going to be a line, the three of them. Yep. Yeah, and, and Tampa's just going to roll, like, right into playoffs, hot as shit, like usual. The thing that makes me sick about this trade was seemed like Chicago got more back for Hagel than Buffalo did for Eichel. Like off the surface. I mean, yes and no. I mean, it depends on what maybe Chicago you saw it at first. It yeah. depends on what Chicago does for with those firsts. And I mean, let's, let's be, be honest here. Those firsts are going to be basically like second round picks. Probably. You know, and and Mid I mean, to late twenties if they somehow lose in the first round, right? But and I I, I think that um even thirty thirty one or two, yeah. And I think that Taylor Radish is the the big prospect here, but Boris Kachuk, I I don't really know much about him, but I don't think he's he's been there for years. He just hasn't developed really yet. So subpar. He's got yeah. six points in thirty eight games this year with Tampa, so. But but Taylor Radish, on the other hand, I mean, I think I think he's like the better one. He's just getting into the NHL this year too. He had 12 points in 53 games, but he's just like he's kind of like that in your face kind of player. Like uh, in a, in a way, I like I I, I see him in like Trent Frederick on Boston being the same kind of guy. Like very he's like Matthew Kachuk though. He's talented. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he he's got that grit, but he's also can take the puck from you and go down and score. Right. Um, something funny about the Hagel trade. I got a text yesterday. It said bagel to Tampa for a first. I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> My buddy's like, oh, I'm sorry. Hagel autocorrect. I'm like, all right. But to your point, like, like it's sickening that we never offered him anything. Yeah. He was solid on Chicago, and Taves, Taves said it last night. He's like, if you don't want him as part of your rebuild, then is anybody safe? Yeah. That's that's a lot of heat right there coming from, from your captain. <laughs> yes. I mean, speaking of Chicago and the hot seat and, and Taves, I mean – those are a couple of interesting names for me to add to our next list, our next section. I titled this one, Who's Gonna Move? I put down a pretty comprehensive list of all the players that we've heard in rumors and hypothetical trades and guys who might want out or have requested trades out of their current teams before the trade deadline. We're going to run through a couple of the, well, most of these now. I've got at least 20 to 30 names in here. We're going to kind of try and fly through these we're gonna 
take a little bit on some of the big names and some of the bigger news because a bunch of these names we've been talking about for a couple shows. Uh, names like Connor Garland, Brock Besser, JT Miller, Claude Giroux, Konechny, we know about this. But between the last show and now, we've got some pretty big news. We got some names who moved in the trades we just talked about who weren't even supposed to be moved. So we are going to roll through these. Now we're going to kind of start. This wasn't intentional, but we're starting in alphabetical order with the first two teams. I was going to say, I was reading down these. I'm like, did you put these in alphabetical order like a psychopath? Honestly, <laughs> I didn't mean to, but now looking at it, uh, it kind of does. But starting off at the top, we've got from Arizona. I mean, I know Anaheim comes ahead of Arizona, but still in the A's. Give me a break. Um, <laughs> history, not English. Um, but Jacob Chikrin has been widely talked about for a couple weeks now. Again, this is kind of like beating a dead horse, but it's reported now that he, a couple teams are still in on him and are making their final pushes. A couple teams are getting swayed away from wanting him because of the reported asking price. That team, no shock, is Toronto. Toronto's adamant that they don't want to trade away their first round pick this year or any of their big four prospects, that being Matthew Knees, um, Eberzezi, Topi Niemela, and I believe Robertson is the last one they don't want to get rid of. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see as, as a Leaf fan what they get at the deadline with reportedly not wanting to give any of that up probably is going to end up being a roster player of some kind, which we'll talk about later, but honestly, if I was the Leafs, I'd take, I would take calls on Nick Robertson. I would. I think they should too. And I like him, but he's way too small. Like he's, he's five, eight or nine, which is fine. But if you watch him skate, he bends all the way forward and he's, he looks five, three on the ice. Like I love that. You're, well. you're gonna get another Nick Foligno at the deadline. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I hate it. It's gonna be like a dude with playoff experience who's gonna fight. Whatever. I mean, Nick Ritchie. They traded away that guy. I mean, he was that. He he just he's tearing it up with Arizona. By the way, it's kind of funny. But um, besides Jacob Chikrin from Arizona, I'm surprised uh, Phil the Thrill hasn't been moved somewhere that dude with playoff experience who can score and got a bit of a clutch gene after leaving Toronto, um, two cups, multiple playoff round wins. Uh, I'm a little surprised there hasn't been more talked about Phil the thrill, but I think he's a guy who might be moving too. We're going to get a trade call at two fifty nine in the afternoon on trade deadline, Phil Kessel to Pittsburgh. I'm calling it right now. Phil Kessel to Pittsburgh, LA. like last minute. Ooh, that's a sneaky one. I didn't think about LA. Yeah, I can see. I that. think LA is the only one that will take on Chicken, to be honest. Yeah, LA. It's reported Boston's in on him too. I think. Which yeah, but what's Boston going to give up? Picks. It's all Arizona wants is picks. They just want to stock the cupboard. Fabian Lysel. Give him a better Fabian Lysel or Fabian. I don't know how you say it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's 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 a really good prospect, but. I don't know. Boston's been known to move prospects before. Yep. Speaking of. Yeah. Well, speaking of 
high, former highly touted prospects, Hampus Lindholm moving to Anaheim. Hampus Lindholm and Ricard Raquel are supposedly getting asked about a lot. Um, Toronto, no shock, is trying to look for another one or two level defenseman. They're looking at Chikrin. They're looking at Lindholm. They're looking at Giordano. Um, they're doing their due diligence on, um, I mean, other defensemen like Klingberg as well. Um, I think Boston's in on Lindholm too. I think there might be a couple teams in on him, but Ricard Raquel, that's one name who hasn't really come out a lot lately either. Um, it could be interesting to see where these two land. I mean, I'd say the Sabres should make a push for Raquel, but I mean, he's a free agent at the end of the year, so yeah. try to sign him in July if he doesn't sign somewhere. But I, I don't know why there's a correlation here, but I see Raquel going to Carolina. No, I yeah, can see that. That makes sense. I could, I could too. I think it's that. I just think the the Hurricanes love their Scandinavians. I don't know <laughs> what it is. Every yeah. speed or fin they can find, they fucking sign them. Is yeah. there any shot we could say a home wind home? Mm. depending on how bad the flames want it and if they really want to go all in right hmm. that'd be that'd be good i think i think that'd be good for the flames that'd be an interesting uh left hand side then they have uh lindholm uh who's the guy that got drafted right after mitch marner noah hannafin 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 rasmus anderson's right Hannington. I think is there other isn't he a... they also have uh, right? Zadorov. Oh and Zadorov. Uh, I think Zadorov plays the left side and Killington plays the right. I would I he would hate right to too. Play. Well yeah, you they know, they can both like flip flop. This is probably a hot take. I would hate playing Calgary more than I would hate playing any other team if I was a Western conference team. Like I would hate playing Calgary more than I hate playing Colorado, I think. Because you don't know if you're going to be able to score yeah. on March. Or, March. or if you're even going to fucking be able to stay in the defensive zone without getting rocked. By, yeah. Dorov, that's another goodest player. Mm-hmm. Sabres, should, Sabres might, maybe should have kept him. Yeah. In a, I agree. Him. I always liked him. He was okay. I don't know. He didn't seem like he wanted to be here. Anyway. So next, moving into the inaugural team for the Seattle Kraken, Mark Giordano, like I mentioned, is getting a bunch of calls, but also Carson Soucy, who they took from Minnesota. These two defensemen, notedly, because they have pretty much no one on offense. Mm. Um, besides, uh, what's his nuts? McCann. Leafs legend, Jared McCann. Leafs legend, 72 hours. Um yeah, it'll be interesting to see where these guys end up. I'm surprised, though, no one's taken a flyer on, like, Jaden Schwartz. He's, he won a cup. I mean, uh, who else they got up on forward? I mean, uh, Jordan Aberle. Yep, Jordan Aberle. Alex take Wenberg. Yep. Uh, Marcus Johansson. Mojo. Ma- Mason, uh, a- Mason Appleton. That's, uh, that's like, a, like a sneaky Who's guy the there? dude from Carolina? Um, Morgan Geeky, yeah, Geeky. Shot. 
Yeah, he's not bad. I think he deserves a shot. I think a bunch of these guys deserve to move. I think I think those two will though. I think Giordano and Susie will, but I have a feeling there's going to be a trade from Seattle that is shocking, like Schwartz, Eberle, one of those big names move to a big name team for for something pretty significant. It's kind of funny how you see the correlation, or the there's no correlation between Seattle and Vegas whatsoever. I mean, maybe it's the management group, maybe it's teams protected the right players this time, but I mean, Seattle is the polar opposite of what Vegas was. Oh yeah, it's it's because they they didn't do any of the s- smart things that Vegas did. Mm-hmm. They didn't do any of the oh we'll take a first so we won't take this player from you. They didn't do a oh we'll you know we'll take this player from you specifically, but you have to give us a second round pick. Both we'll t- or or we'll we'll take. We'll take Jonathan Marsh so so we don't take Riley Smith, but then we'll eventually get Riley Smith. <laughs> yeah. Because you guys want to patch your mix so bad. Yeah. Jesus. Damn. And then they picked the wrong goalie. I mean. Oh, they yeah. We should have kept Vitek Vanacek. He probably would have been better than Grubauer. I don't understand I that. They should have never taken Grubauer because he was a one-year wonder on Colorado who was sick. Mm-hmm. Like that'd be that'd be like them taking and I love him, but that'd be like them taking Jack Campbell. Like I don't think he'd be doing that good. No. I mean, he got benched. Do you remember the playoff series where Holpe got benched for Grubauer? They benched yeah. Grubauer again for Holpe. Three games. Yeah. That was against Columbus, and then Washington went on to win the fucking cup with Holpe. That was gross. And they beat Vegas. Yep. Speaking of former Golden Knights, um. Chicago, we, we talked about them earlier. I've got a couple names here. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, who obviously has been connected again, seems like everyone is, but connected to Toronto because they needed a goalie in recent weeks. But besides him, the, ast- the asking price for Fleury is reportedly a first-round pick and prospects plus. But we've also got, a, I mean, we, we've got Patrick Kane on this list. You've got Alex Dabrinkit. Jonathan Taves, um, Dylan Strom, and Connor Murphy, and maybe more names could be added to this list. It seems like Chicago is flip-flopping from not wanting to rebuild because they signed Seth Jones to wanting to rebuild once again and farm picks and prospects. So all these names could reportedly, supposedly be on the move as of Monday, 3 p.m. Who do you think from this actually moves? I don't I don't think Taves moves, but who do you guys think could actually move? Flurry, I think, is a tough one, but there's two places I think Flurry could go. And that's Pittsburgh, because of like a reunion's sake. And this is a dark horse, but I think this team has the package, Minnesota. Wow. Yeah, if Minnesota got flurry, that that changes a lot. Like that would make them I uh, I don't want to say a favorite in the West, but that would definitely change a lot for them I'd going into the, the playoffs. Sure. Yeah. Um I heard I heard things of flurry are cooling off quite a bit trade wise, but I mean that's just I mean rumors change every hour. So who knows where he could be going. I'd like to see him go to Pittsburgh just 
like you said, for reunion's sake. Um, I like I, I like Connor Murphy a lot as a right-handed defenseman. I mean, he's a little bit of an older guy. He's he took that really bad hit, so I'm a little concerned on like how he's going to come back from that. But I don't want to, you know, always just throw out Sabres trade ideas, but they have talked about getting a right-handed shot defenseman to play with Owen Power when he gets here from Michigan. So Connor Murphy would be a very – and they want a veteran guy too. So Connor Murphy would be a good piece right there. But he is only – like this is the last year of his contract. So personally, I'd like more term. But other than that, I could see him maybe now going to Florida to replace Ekblad in a way. Not replace Ekblad, but kind of help stop the flood or stop the leaking, I guess you could say. Um, depending on how Ekblad is. Boston, bro. Ooh, Boston, yeah. Boston. They need help on the back end. They like those dudes, like, dude, like him, and he reminds me of Mike Riley a lot. They mm-hmm. got last year. Just, like, little guys who can move the puck, and they're just, like, smart, and they're quietly, like, very effective. Yeah. I've got a thought on Debrinkit, but I'm going to save it for our little end piece that we have. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't wait for that end piece. I'm going to kind of fly by these next couple of ones because they're ones that we've talked about a lot recent podcasts. Claude Giroux connected, obviously, to Colorado, the Panthers. It was connected to Toronto, Minnesota, and the Rangers a month or so ago, but it seems like those guys are kind of out on him now. Um, Travis Konechny is a name I put in here. I'm surprised they haven't taken or teams haven't showed a ton of interest in him. I think he's a guy that could be a playoff performer if they could ever get him fucking get him there. I mean, Konechny is, he, he's like a, he's a pain in the ass to play against. I remember when the Sabres played him not too long, when the Sabres played the Flyers not too long ago, he was beaten up on him bad and like, He's a really talented player. I think he's being wasted in Philly, personally, like with the given state of their team. If Philly was in a different spot, I mean, they would be one hell of a team, but they're definitely missing pieces. Um, I don't know where he. I don't. I don't know where he really fits in though, because they're gonna have whoever gets him is gonna have to give up a bunch. I mean, two spots I got for Connecting. L.A. and the Blues. Ooh, the Blues. Like, L.A. Like- L.A. would be sneaky good too. That was. But the, the question is, though, is how much do you have to give and what do you have to give? Because, I mean, L.A.'s got such a nice prospect pool built up. You don't want to tear that down for one guy. But at the same time, like, that one guy could really improve your team. Right. You got him and him and Arvidsson on the right side. Damn. Yeah. Those dudes are fast and greasy. And then you have one of them with Phil Deneau. Like, Speaking of underrated players. Speaking of guys who stop goals, um, Jordan Bennington, supposedly uh, the Blues are making calls trying to move Bennington. Well, yeah, because Huso's been so good. Uh, He's on fire. I wonder what, what team takes a flyer on Bennington, and I don't know why. The Leafs. I would kill myself. <laughs> I seriously would stop. I, I would just turn off my phone. I would delete Twitter. I would stop doing the show till after the playoffs, just because I I hate that man. He's <laughs> a scumbag, in and out of the game. I don't even. Anywhere I mean, my- the only team I could see maybe calling taking a call on him would be uh, Minnesota for the same reason they take a call on Flurry 
just to have some more depth at goaltending and or i should say i was just gonna say that an improvement at goaltending i mean that that i didn't even think about how bad their goaltending situation is until you said flurry to minnesota but like they could really use one of those big name guys to come in there and make a difference all right we talked about it last time i was on how minnesota just like i think it was like what december like they don't like they're not going anywhere without like this right. isn't gonna last see i think and as terrible as it is and i don't think this would be it's not it shouldn't be like a factor in trading him but i think they might could they could probably use marco rossi in that kind of a deal because i mean he had a lot of his he's had his career derailed by covid which you can't blame him for obviously but at the same time it's like can you get your value out of him by trading him instead of having him on your team and like just let somebody else kind of work on him you know what I mean? I want to say, oh, yeah, but I was muted because I was typing. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Um, speaking of new signings, uh, Connor Garland, Brock Besser, JT Miller, all guys we've talked about recently, Connor Garland being the most recent signing this past summer for, um, well, it was Jim Benning, but now Jim Rutherford and the Vancouver Canucks. I'm surprised Besser, Miller, Garland, these guys have been talking about for like a month or two and haven't moved anywhere. I guess Miller is supposed to resign. They really like him. Yeah. I I heard earlier in the year that there was a rift in the locker room between him and, and Bo Horvat. Like some guys like Miller and some guys like Bo because he's the captain. They, they kind of like pick sides, but... I don't know. It seems like that has kind of sailed because Vancouver's been pretty good ever since, and they're they're sharking on a playoff spot from Vegas. It's Brucey. It's that Bruce magic. Literally, he went in there and he just said, "It doesn't have like a really nasally voice." He probably went in there and was just like, "You guys quit your shit and stop fighting or some <laughs> shit like that." It's just I don't think he has a nasally. <laughs> think you want it? Go on, fucking want it. <laughs> He's just a jolly old man. Like, if he he should grow out a beard and be Santa Claus for a year, he really should. He he would fit right in. He, <laughs> he and Andy Reid should have a barbecue sometime. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> Get Big Macs uh, after the big game. Keegan Miller. <laughs> Miller did a camp with Bruce. He's like the funniest most like meme guy oh, ever. It's, he, he seems like it like he seems like i said like a sweet old man like i don't know how anyone can have a problem with him clearly but besides those guys there's a interesting name who's been around the league forever who's reportedly i mean he's on the canucks not reportedly but he's reportedly been in trade talks too because he hasn't been having a great season. That's Yaroslav Halak. Do you guys think he moves at all or, or no? He's kind of like a Craig Anderson where he'd be like a insurance policy. Yep. Like yeah. he, he, you probably would never see him play, but he'd be getting traded to maybe, maybe Toronto. I mean, I don't know how happy you'd be with that stack, but he yeah. might be better than Peter Mrazek. I mean, he, he is definitely – better than peter mrazek mrazek plays like an ahler but another guy that another guy that i i would say minnesota should go at. yeah that's true a lot definitely still got some left in the tank dude that's crazy though because he's been everywhere like 
forever. I'm, st- I'm still pissed the Sabres never kept him that one summer. They traded for him, and then they just traded him away like a month later in the offseason. For Noivy. Oh. Mm. Fucking Neuverth. Legend. Sabres <laughs> and Leafs legend Michael Neuverth. Hate that man. He's like Ville. He's like Ville Leno. He's like Ville Leno to me. I hate him so much. Uh, I like Neuverth a little more than that. Okay. I just I don't know. I fifty five saves that one game. Come on. Yeah. One game. Yeah. What about the other hundred and ten goals he let in that season? Maybe hundred and ten. That's it. (laughs) But um. Moving down, there's a couple names we're going to skip just because, I mean, they're not as notable. The most notable that we haven't touched on yet. Um, John Klingberg, again, been in trade talks for months. There's nothing on that front yet. Might not even get traded because Dallas has a playoff spot as of the recording of this podcast. Uh, Jeff Petrie reportedly wants out of Montreal, but they don't want to trade him. Philip Forsberg, Max Domi, both those guys have been in talks for months that they might get traded but again Forsberg and the Predators have a playoff spot and Max Domi I don't know like they've been wanting a a change of scenery for him for like two or three months it seems like and they just haven't moved him Um, we're going to move to our hometown teams really quick before we move into some closing time for the Leafs I'm going to start off with because there are a couple names here that I found interesting because it came out in the last couple of days that the Leafs were taking calls on Ilya Mikheyev and Pierre Engvall. Um, that to me is pretty interesting because Engvall, um, he's like six, five and he could be a beast, but they just, he just plays so stupid sometimes with the puck and Mikheyev because he's a great penalty killer. Both of those guys are great penalty killers. They're fast. They're lanky, they're strong, but they cannot shoot the puck. They do refuse to shoot the puck. Um, But supposedly Kyle Dubas has said to other teams that they are off limits. They plan to keep them, which I say, fuck. Um, (laughs) Haven't you guys wanted Mikheyev gone forever? Yeah, it's been like a two-year thing. I have wanted him gone because – I liked him when they first got him. He was on fire, and then he got his wrist slashed by a skate against New Jersey in, like, winter of 2019 going into 2020, and he has not shot the puck the same since. Hmm. Like, you'd think they'd give him a robotic wrist, and then he'd be sick, but no. Give him the Luke Skywalker special. (laughs) But besides that, Travis Dermott, um, reportedly the Leafs are trying to get him a change of scenery. Alex Kerfoot, I don't think they're trying to trade him, but if they tried to move in someone significant, he would have to be the money that leaves because he makes $3.5 million to be essentially sometimes John Tavares and William Nylander's left winger, sometimes the third line center, kind of a play everywhere. Uh, I mean, Swiss Army knife kind of player, but I don't know. Uh, he just makes the most money out of the guys that are replaceable and he would have to probably go. Um, and then Peter Mrazek, because I don't like him, get him out of town. <laughs> um, and that, and he makes $3.8 million for two more seasons, which is just a boat anchor. Now, if they can't move it, 
or if he doesn't improve. If he's good, then who cares? But he's not. So, uh, yeah. Bye-bye. Um, moving on to the Sabres now. A couple interesting names here. Teams are reportedly taking looks at Colin Miller, um, Cody Eakin, who's had some playoff success. I know everyone in Buffalo hates Cody Eakin, but, you know. He's getting uh, better in the sense of a locker room guy, I guess. I guess yeah, the whole yeah. the Flint Tropics thing was his idea, I guess. Yeah. Really? Yeah, apparently that's what people are saying. And that's like he's like the locker room, like 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 if if Kyle Ocposo's the dad, Cody Eakin's the funkle, like the fun uncle that just like comes into yeah, town for holidays and shit. He's like a cool I've vet. never heard anyone call their uncle the funkle. Oh, I heard it like, I heard it the other day. I don't know. <laughs> Dolly. Dolly and Mitts don't feel like calling an Uber on Chippewa. They call Cody Eakin. He comes in scoops from the Honda Odyssey. <laughs> All right, boys, where are we going next? <laughs> uh, it's either they call Eakin or this, this other guy, team grandfather, more like. Uh, Craig Anderson also has, I mean, he's been playing very strong for them. And like we said earlier, he's like Yarrow Halak, old veteran goaltender who could be steady for a young team or a team that needs some stability in that. <clears throat> Toronto. Um, we just made the Sabres family tree. <laughs> Anderson's the grandfather. Really Cody Egan's the uncle. Kyle Ocposo is the dad. Who's the kid? Owen Power. Um, yeah. Darlene. Dylan Cousins. Peyton Krebs. One of them. <laughs> pretty much everybody on the roster. Another one of the kids, Victor Olofsson. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if he moved because he's young. He's shown flashes when he played with Eichel and even this season, not playing with Eichel, he's got an amazing shot. He's a true finisher. I, I would be surprised if a team doesn't take a flyer on him. I'm, I'm, uh, I don't think the price would be too crazy for a team. So I had, I had thought up an idea for a trade. I don't even know if Olafson could be in on it, but it's someone that's similar to him that I'd want on the Sabres is Kevin Fiala. And I don't think Minnesota yeah. can re-sign him. But my worry is, is he's just Victor Olofsson, but a few years older. He's, um, Olofsson's kind of a one-trick pony where I think Fiala's a little bit more complete. Right. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, at first I was thinking, oh, like, just trade Olofsson for Fiala one for one. But, like, they're both RFAs. So, like, that wouldn't really help Minnesota. Right. So, I don't know. Another guy from Minnesota I was looking at was Alex Goligoski to have on the wing or have on the pairing with uh, – power but again he's ageless he's up at the end of the year though so who knows all that to say what these two have just been talking about was um the sabers are reportedly looking for a right-handed shot defenseman or a veteran defenseman to play with owen power and some of the young players on defense because it's reported that the sabers might try and bring him in in the next year or so I, I I've heard they're they're probably going to bring him in as soon as he's done with Michigan. Yeah, same same with, same with Devin Levi. Well, that would be a well needed and well needed influx of young talent to Buffalo. Speaking of bringing in talent, I have this section at the end now where we talk about players who. This is our. Make a stand. I think this player is going to this team. I don't have any insider knowledge or anything other than I think this is going to happen. 
and we pick a player that we've talked about in this section, maybe even go off the board, and we say that player is going to be traded at the trade deadline to pick a team. So mine, I'm going to start off. I have Max Domi going to Toronto. I say book it. I think this happens because Domi wants to change the scenery. He's not playing great. He hasn't played great last year either. And we know Columbus isn't well known for their offensive prowess. He's not putting up great numbers. I don't think the asking price is anything super crazy that Toronto couldn't match. So I think that's going to happen. I think Max Domi will be a Toronto Maple Leaf by Monday night. Josh, what trade do you think, or what player do you think is definitely going to be on the move? Well, about halfway through this podcast, I almost changed my answer to this question to having this guy go to Calgary. But I have Alex Dabrinkit to Colorado. And I would say you'd need a third-party team to broker the deal a little bit, a.k.a. the Buffalo Sabres. Dabrinkit currently makes 6.5, I believe, on the cap. Yeah, 6.5 for the Blackhawks. I think if you throw in a guy like Valeri Nachushkin or however the hell you say his name or like JT Comfer, that'll get your cap space down a little bit by about two and a half mil or so. Um, but I mean, Dabrinkit's been amazing this year and they have, <clears throat> they have said that he's on the move and Kane would also be on the move or vice versa. So fuck it, Dabrinkit to Colorado. Philo, what's your pick? This is a hot one, Zach, and you might call me insane, but I read a report yesterday that the New Jersey Devils are unhappy with Mackenzie Blackwood getting hurt all the time, as well as his vaccination status at the beginning of the season. I don't know what's going to make it happen, but it's again, smoking hot take. Mackenzie Blackwood to Toronto. Wow. He can't. He's not vaxxed. He'll push it. He'll push the envelope. Wow. Uh, I don't know, man. If that'd be something, that'd be a good. I think that'd be a good addition for the Leafs. I don't know. You finally found your goalie, and he's not. He's what twenty five, something yeah, like that. Yeah, he might even be younger. I mean, he's no I, older than twenty five. If I had to pick an anti vaxxer I want on my team, I don't. I don't think it's him. I think I want Tyler Bertuzzi. <laughs> That's that's a fucking that's a reach though because he makes so much and he's sick. Yeah. And where does he fit in, bro? Is he gonna play bottom six? No, he'd play next to Tavares and Nylander. He would fit right in there. Oh, I wanted him before all the COVID stuff. I wanted him last summer, like when it was reported that he kind of wanted out of Detroit. I wanted him then. Like we talked about it on the show. I was like, I want Bertuzzi on the second line. But so much on ice swag. It's not even funny. Something will have to change, whatever, with COVID. But I wouldn't mind that if he, you know, if he turns around, stops getting injured and, you know, turns his numbers around. I wouldn't hate that. But I mean, second half of last season, dude, he was the best goalie statistically. That's true. That is true. Like 57 shots and they would lose like two to one. Mm hmm. Philo, I'm actually going to go back to you. We're going to move into closing time now. You know, we do this every week where we just wrap up and we tell a little story. We talk about the week that was, things we're looking forward to and things that have happened. But Philo is going to start us off because he has a story. Philo, would you like to enlighten us? Um, 
I got a really good one, but I'm gonna save it. So th- I'm gonna save that one for for a different day. But um, last night I was uh, like with with Andrea's family, with my girlfriend's family, and her dad actually. This this is credit from her dad. Um, he this is probably ten years ago, maybe no, even more than that. This is probably 12, 13 years ago. And uh, he and like one of his boys were at a game. And um, his boy used to work for this this Italian dude who had this like construction company. He part he was a part owner of one like one of the bigger bars downtown, and not anymore. This is like this is a long time ago. It was almost fifteen years ago. And there was somebody in the penalty box for a game, and um, this one dude who like pretty significant saber. He was here for about eight or nine years. And tough guy, like, fought, did whatever, like, kind of like a fourth-line player. He was in the box, and they looked at him, and he had, like, two black eyes. His nose was all mangled. He had scratches and, like, cuts on his face. And I noticed that he did not, like, hadn't fought in, like, ten games. So they're like, okay, like, how does this add up where, like, he, like, he hasn't fought, like, where, you know, where did this happen? And his buddy turned him and was like, hey, like, um, I, like, I know what happened. And he filled him in. So I guess there was, like, a team party. I think it might have been a Christmas party that was at a bar that the dude he, he worked for owned. Oh. And this dude, this, this player, who I'm not going to name, was hitting on this other guy's girl. And he was like, this like the the dude whose girl he was hitting on was like a shorter dude, maybe like five five, like real small guy. Like obviously this goon isn't intimidated by him. Hmm. And it's not Petey, so don't get any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so he's hitting on this dude's girl and the guy's like, all right dude, like cut the shit. And this player keeps coming at him going, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Come on, dude. I'm on the savers. What are you going to do? And he's like, all right, let's go to the fucking bathroom. First person to come out, like standing up wins. And like, he's like, if you, if you go to the bathroom and, and you come out on top, he's like, you can take her home. Like, I don't care. He's like, but if I do, he's like, you leave her the fuck alone and you don't bother me. And Turns out the dude he picked a fight with was like a third degree black belt. Oh, oh. shit. I, like dummied him. Oh, no. <laughs> walked out of the bathroom and like without a scratch on him, like grabbed his girl and they left. And I that he used to work for who owned the bar said he was like mopping up this former player's blood. And like there was a mess in the bathroom because he beat the he like beat the fuck out of this guy. Wow. Jesus. And like, don't get me wrong, this isn't like just like a grinder. Like this dude fought all the fucking time. It's not yeah. like he was like, you know, it's not like it's like it's like fucking John Hayden. Stafford type of guy. Yeah, like John, <laughs> like this dude fought like at least 12 times a year, if not more. Yeah. Oh wow. That is nuts. So, Hey, is that, sh- yeah. is that short guy with the black belt know how to play hockey? <laughs> Get him on the Sabres, have, have a tough I, dude, guy. I, like, I didn't even touch a name or anything, but 
you know, yeah, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure he could hold his own. Oh yeah. But yeah, like I said, stack, I got a banger for you, but I'm going to save it for, uh, for next week. Oh yeah. We got a, we got another interesting show coming up this week. We're going to have, we got one half of the duo back today. We're going to have McCune and Philo sometime later this week. Hopefully. Do a trade deadline recap. Trade deadline recap. Yeah, barring any setbacks. But moving down our closing time, Josh, you you got anything that can top that story? Yeah, man. You know, I uh, worked all week. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no, I have, I don't have much. Um, just been working my ass off trying to get trying to get where I want to be and uh, just putting my head down and grinding. You know and. I'm actually enjoying Sabres hockey too, which is fun. I mean, it's a good thing. To, it's a fun thing to see. Last night's game was kind of boring, but at the same time, it was nice to see him win. Um, other than that, yeah, not too much to report. Birthday's coming up in about a month, so I'm excited for that and going to have a good time. So, But yeah, I'm all set for my closing time. All right, all right. And I'll round it out. I had a pretty decent week. Um, yeah, I don't have anything crazy to announce. Just... Um, had a good St. Patty's Day. I got sick, which was kind of weird. I, 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 like, never get sick, but I think it was the weather change and my asthma acting up. But, um, yeah, it was weird. I was sidelined there for a couple of days. I had to take a day off work. But uh, we're back. We're better than ever. And um, ready to watch some hockey and some Eric Schalgren hopefully shutting down the National Predators tonight. will be interesting to see how this game goes. Austin Matthews is back. Ready to see Poppy hit 50 a couple games from now. So, yeah, all good, all good there. Waiting for the trade deadline. Hopefully you guys are too. And I'm going to wrap it up there. As Luke always says, be safe, be smart, and go watch some hockey.